Pastor Sharon, good evening, and thank you for taking forth the word of the Lord on tonight. So I want to go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tonight, verse 11. Um, as we talk about built to last, 2021, we're talking about being built to last. I mean, what when we're built, when God, when things are built, you know, we use stone, we use brick, we use uh, 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 sand to make the mud for the clay and all this different stuff. So in the natural people, we're built with different things. And uh, so when we say built, we're built to last. This particular scripture talks about what it takes for us to be built up in God, what it takes us to be built, no matter what storm rage in our lives, what how, how God builds us, what causes us to be maintained in the storm. Um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's start at verse 9. I was going to start at verse 11, but let's start at verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Okay, this is New, New King James Version. According to the grace of God, the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Okay, somebody lays the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it, right? So God, by the grace of God, you know, God uses us. I mean, some of you all, God used someone to pour the, the word into your life initially for you to become a Christian, right? For you to become saved by his grace. Um, so some that foundation was laid. But as you grow, he said, so the foundation is laid and then another builds on it. So as you continue on your walk with God, and I've said this to the women, we, you have to keep growing. You have to keep uh, adding to your faith. You have to keep growing in your walk. Because if you don't continue to grow, you get stagnant, you get bored, and you forget the God you're supposed to be serving because God is fresh, God is new, God is creative, right? So he said, the foundation is laid, and then another builds on it. Then he said, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. We got to take heed how we build on the foundation that God, and this foundation is our lives, right? He says, we are God's field. And, and we look at the topic, subject built to last, he said, we got to watch how we build on the foundation that God has given us. Verse 11 says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So the, 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 the foundation, if, if, if you started out your walk with Christ and you say you're a born again Christian and it's not founded on Jesus Christ. Yeah. Thank God for this word tonight. Thank God for first Corinthians chapter 11, because when we say build the last, we got to look at the foundation. What were you built on? You wonder why you're struggling your walk as a singer. You wonder why you're struggling as a married person. You wonder why you're struggling as a parent. And we're going to go through life's challenges. We, we're in this world. We may not be of this world when you become a Christian, but we're in this world. So we're going to have challenges. We're going to have tests. But Christ makes a difference. So sometimes is Christ that foundation? Was that foundation Christ when you uh, said you committed your life to God years ago? Is your foundation in Christ? So to be built to last, what foundation are you laid upon? What's the foundation? You know, and if it's not through Christ, it's not a solid foundation. If it's not through Christ, you're not going to last. You're not going to be ready uh, uh, when Christ returns. So verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, listen to this, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, he said, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. So when we look at a COVID-19, think about a COVID-19 season. 
If this had been a, a, a day to declare what kind of foundation you had, there are people that have left God. There are people don't they don't go, you know, they don't see a, a, a reason to come to church anymore. Online, you know, I look at work, I'm online looking at, you know, my job all day. I'm not going to get online for church. Don't even see the need, need to gather. Even though you're home, you don't have to drive to the church, right? It's not even convenient for them to get online, but we'll get online for everything else. We won't get online to hear the word of God. We don't get online to be strengthened in, in God's word. So he said, you try to uh, build your foundation on gold, silver, precious stone. Again, as I stated earlier, if you try to build your foundation on anything other than Christ, the solid rock we stand, all other ground, like the song says, is sinking sand. If your foundation is built on anything besides Christ, it's, it's not going to stand. And I feel like this COVID-19 season, it has tried us. It has shown us uh, what kind of work said so our work is going to be made clear, you know, because the day is going to declare what look at this day. We have marriages that have failed. We have people that have been staying together, couples, you know, tolerating each other. But when you have to be in that house, you just can't run over here, run over there because of COVID. You know, they had to face their face, the issues. They had to face their issues. And, and some of you all, I mean, you may not be married. You may be single. And, and, and in this COVID season, guess what you realize? You had to face your issue. Like, dog, I wish I had somebody here with me. I'm here by myself. Lord, why am I still single? Lord, why am I alone? Right? All of us had to look at ourselves. All of us had to see what, uh, how clear this day declared what our foundation was built on. So even us, even those of us who Christ, the, the solid rock we stand, we, we accepted God through Jesus Christ. But even with us who's on the right solid foundation, God has shown us uh, uh, where we were in our walk. And he said, because it will be revealed by fire and fire and, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Saints, do you not know that this season of COVID, Lord, no. Fire, warfare, built to last. As my husband has uh, communicated before, we were living in an apartment uptown. Thank God for that place. We enjoyed it. But Lord knows when COVID hit and our kids had to come back home. Thank God when our son had to transition from the XFL, we were about to give his apartment. Like, we're going to let his apartment, you know, go because he's about to go to the NFL. He's going to go to the NFL. We're going to, you know, get his lease, get him out his lease. Thank God for the Holy Spirit speaking that you better hold that apartment because guess what? If he don't get called in time and then you got the, the other two kids that we're going to sleep on the couch, you know what I'm saying? So it's like all of us crammed together, all of us having to deal with stuff. And we would get around the, the counter and just talk about issues. So it was a challenging time on one end because of space restraints. And my husband's like, yeah, it means every minute on Zoom or something. However, we got to talk as a family. We got to have our moments of friction. We got to talk. We got to share. And, and, and it, it was tried by fire, you know? I mean, at times I felt like I was gonna like, Lord, where are you supposed to go But in this space, you know? And, um, um, but I'm like, God, help me. Show me my heart. Show me where I need to go. Why am I on edge? Why am I frustrated? What's going on with me? So I don't know about what's going on with you. And like I've said over and over again, you can only control what you can control. I can control Sharon. I can't control how Pastor Stephen's going to act. I can't control Michael, Matthew, or Charisma, but I can control me. So God showed me me. He said, and, and, and it will be revealed by fire, and fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. When we talk about built to last, and, and as families, as couples, as singles, 
You know, we're gonna, we've been through fire, not just COVID. We've been through some fire. Some of y'all was going through storms before COVID happened. COVID helped some of you all. And I heard some of the latest testimony the other day, our last fellowship. It helped you all. Some of y'all said you were getting stagnant in your walk. And when COVID happened, man, it, it put a fire under you just to have that time with God, not to have to be all over the place. So some of us, you've been through fire. You've been through the storm. You've been through rain. Your, your walk has been tested. And so it said um, and in verse 14, if anyone's work which he has built on, on it endures on that foundation of Christ, if it endures, he will receive a reward. So God's going to give us a reward if our foundation endures when we're going through the fire, right? But listen to this. If anyone works, anyone's work is burned, it's that he's going to suffer loss. Have anybody work been burned before? Have anybody been burned? We're talking about built to last, but even as we're being built up, sometimes a, a, a house can be, get uh, burned, but the foundation is still strong. What? Sometimes a house burns down, but the foundation is still strong. The foundation is still set in place. And guess what? They start building that house again on that firm foundation. So even in our walk with Christ, what type of found, what type of, uh, what have you added to your foundation? What have you added? Because it said it may be burned. He said, he said, if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer, suffer loss. But listen to this, but he himself will be saved. Wow. Have anybody been burned since they become, since they've been a believing Christian? Even though you have Christ as that solid foundation, have you been burned? Have you been felt like you burnt up, like you about to die? Like, Lord, if you don't help me, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have. And even when you feel like everything that you thought you knew and thought about God and thought was it, when it feel like that foundation is burned, he said, he said, but he himself, he said, you will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet. So as through fire. Wow. You may suffer loss. You may go through that fire, but you're going to be saved. God's going to save you. Some of you all, you felt burned. You can't get up and say in this season, it's been hallelujah anyhow. You felt like you had lost it. You felt like you had to go to a mental hospital. Not just sit down in front of a therapist, but Lord, I may have to get admitted, right? I may have to just go get admitted. How? But, but guess what? God may have challenged you in your faith, in your walk, but guess what? You're still standing because you were on a sure foundation. And I want to say tonight, what foundation are you built on? If it's not Christ Jesus, well, you're not on a solid foundation. If it's not Christ Jesus, you may not, not only will it get burned, but you may not be able to get built back up. So tonight, ask yourself the question, is my foundation in Christ? That's huge. Is my foundation in Christ? So I wanted to share that with you. And I, and I want to um, uh, go over some, some areas because I, I want to drive this home because this, this right here, when Pastor Stevens, we talked about, Today's African-American family, this just keep just weighing on me, weighing on me. And guess what? We are agents of change. I don't know about you, but I'm saying God in this season, help me to be an agent of change. When I hear stuff and I'm grieved, I'm like, God, help me to be an agent of change. But he made the point, like three areas regarding the African-American family today in our society. When, when we talked about African-Americans have the lowest marriage rate of any racial group in the U.S., Number two, African-American women are the least likely in our society to marry. Number three, African-Americans are, Americans are the most uncoupled people in our country. Wow. When you read stats like that, when you read uh, how society view our culture, you know, I'm like, God, 
rebuild us. Rebuild those areas in our lives that cause us not to be where we need to be as a people. And, and as Christians, God has given us everything he says that pertains to life and godliness. He's given us everything that we need. It's in him. The Bible says it's in him that we live and move and have our being. It's in Christ Jesus. But when we look at stats like this, it's like, okay, God, how can we change this? How can we make this better? How can we be, again, agents of change? Um, I want to give you uh, a summation of, of, of what Emerson said in the book, Love and Respect. And this can help us be agents of change. Again, as I stated earlier, uh, always be willing to grow and learn. Again, it doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been married, how long you've been in the church. I've heard it all. Well, we don't know it all. We, we should all be willing to grow and learn, right? Always be willing to grow and learn. But I want to give you uh, 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 a summation of this book. Hopefully you are single and married people. Please get this book um, because it, it will help you. It will help uh, get rid of some of these staggering stats of, as far as lowest marriage rate uh, uh, black people, um, uh, black women at least like to get married and un most uncoupled in the United States. That disturbs me. So I wanna read how, how he summed up three areas of his book that can help us, right? Along with reading the word, right? Um, it says, wives are made to love, want to love and expect love. Husbands are made to be respected. Want respect and expect respect, okay? Number two, when a husband feels disrespected, it is especially hard to love his wife. Is that true? <laughs> when a husband feels disrespected, it is especially hard to love his wife. When a wife feels unloved, it is especially hard to respect her husband, okay? Number three, often we focus on our own needs and simply overlook the needs of the other person. Let me read that again. Often we focus on our own needs and simply overlook the needs of the other person. As I read that, and, I, and I've read the whole book, of course, and taught it to singles as well as married women. I had a class, I taught married and single women because I'm like, I wanna prepare the single women and the married women because all of us don't know all this. When I read this book, it helped my marriage. What? <laughs> I'm just be honest. It helped my marriage because Sometimes how you say stuff, sometimes how you come across, learn to, per learn to love the person you will. And as the Morels made the point, Sunday, they were like, so many times we're so nice to other people. We're so caring to other people. But what about the people in your own household? What about the husband you're married to? You know, and, and, and if they say something, they don't like you saying a certain thing or doing a certain thing or acting a certain way. Wives, listen to what the husband is trying to tell you. That is disrespectful to him. And again, it does not matter how long you've been married. Remain teachable. Not just, oh, I'm gonna hear what Pastor and Sister Stevens got to say. What is your husband telling you? Please listen. Again, they were saying a wife expects love, made to love, want a husband to love her. And a man expects to be respected. And as we read in Ephesians 5, I wanna read that again. Ephesians 5, um, um, and reading this verse, it said, I think verse 31, it says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall join his wife and they shall be one flesh. Verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. 
So it says, husbands, love your wife as yourself. You know you love yourselves, man. You hear me? You love yourself. Husbands, love your wife as yourself. And wives, see, see, make an effort. See that you respect your husband. Sharon, let me add and say this. You know, as you're ministering and you, you're really passionate about really focusing on the wife, I think I want to counter just for a moment and just focus on the men. But before I do that, let me just kind of just take everyone back a moment, because one of the things that personally helped me, that helped me, was realizing how much the odds were stacked against us as African-American couples. Yes. Um, yes. And, I, and again, I know this sounds sometimes like being a victim or the blame game, but the reality is, is that as a black man and as a black woman, we were already two strikes before we even got to the batter's box. And I thought about the Willie Lynch syndrome, how back in slavery, how the black man was, was, was bred to be the stud and the black woman was, was raised to not trust her husband. And that was by intention. Now, whether you give credence and respect to the Willie Lynch letter syndrome or not, you don't have to. Just look at the results. Look at the fruit. Look at modern day, even 400 years later. Look at where we're at today. We still have infidelity. We still have, oh, a black man or a man can't be faithful. Or, you know, uh, you have mothers telling their daughters, child, whatever he, no matter who you marry, he's going to be a doll. Don't trust him. Those things are embedded in our DNA as children. And then we grow up. And unfortunately, for many of us, we live that out because my people, the Bible says, perish for lack of knowledge. So what helped me out, even in the aftermath was, you know what? You were bred to be a certain way. She yeah. was raised to be a certain way. And right. that's why we have to be born again, because we may have been born a certain way with a certain mindset in a certain culture, but the word of God renews our minds, renews our expectations, and it teaches us how to live. Say that to say this. Um, yeah, uh, thank you, by the way, for, 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 for admonishing the women. But as men, you know, we want all this respect, but we don't, we're not willing to love because we've been hurt. We want all this respect, but we're not willing to do the things that earn the respect, like be faithful, be fruitful, be honorable, um, uh, 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 be accountable, right? Be vulnerable to our wives, be naked as Adam and Eve were before sin came into the camp. Something that uh, Minister Herb and Kim hit heavily was the fact of, you know, you, you, you can't be an over-domineering woman because you might be the oldest of a family of six siblings and then you marry a man who might be the youngest of six siblings. Well, by nature, as a woman, guess what? You have this motherly maternal instinct, right? He, on the other hand, he's the child. He's the baby of the family. So he's used to being a baby. So here's the problem. Um, he may, just by predisposition, look to you as a wife and say, hey, man, I'm a blessed man. I'm going to have my wife and mama, too. You, on the other hand, are saying, well, hey, you know what? I have now the ability to be a mom to help secure my husband's last son. And then one of them, Boone wrote a book years ago saying that your wife is not your mama. Because a uh, husband, you can't sleep with your mama. You can't be intimate with your mama. And there lies the problem in many African-American marriages because we have this predisposition, we have this mindset, and now guess what? Because you can't be intimate with your mama, you start looking at somebody else. And now you at home hurting uh, because you were always asking the why, you were always hard. We've heard this before, right? When a woman says, I know I'm hard on my husband, I realize and I admit I'm hard mm -hmm. on him. Mm -hmm. That's not a good thing. 
That's not a good sign because the question will be begged to ask, if you're hard on him, who's being soft to him? Exactly, exactly. Because by nature, he wants somebody soft. By mm -hmm. nature, you want to secure and control that relationship. So I, want, I say all that to say this, I want us to take some pressure off of us and realize only through the word of God, yes. only through counseling, only through ministry and, and, and hopefully some sense of transparency can we really get to that place where we can be equal in ministry the way the, the, the Bible has us. Yes. Uh, Pastor Stevens, those are great points because um, even coming on tonight, I was, I was just processing what we were uh, talking about, the, just the whole subject matter. And then just our story, what we've gone through uh, as we're gonna discuss um, Sunday, how to rebound from failure in your marriage. Um, and I was just reviewing and I was just saying, sometimes the church, the church uh, does not help a wife just become that, they don't teach a wife how to respect her husband. Um, not, not in the sense of watch out your tone, your tense, um, get to know him what he likes. We feel they teach us, you know, make sure the house clean, make sure the kids where they need to be and make sure the, you know, the food is on the table, those kind of things. So when a wife goes, do those things, she's like, I've done my part. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've, I've kept the house clean, the kids in place, you know, she may be intimate with the husband, you know, and all that. I've done my part. But not knowing how you come across, how you talk with all that. How are you talking to him? How are you interacting with him? Are you listening to what he has to say? Or y'all having a conversation with people, you just cut him off and just keep talking. Like, like treating him uh, uh, like he's dumb or like he's, you know, don't know as much as you. How are you engaging with that person? Because at the end of the day, it may not happen today. It may, you may be together 20 some years, 30 years. But we see today people will walk out. I don't care how long they've been together. It's like enough. So I feel like the church has not done a good job is just, of just helping women knowing how to talk and relate to their husbands and vice versa. Husband, how to talk to their wives. I feel like it's just a, it's a mission of mine, um, not looking at other people, but myself. Like, God, how can I do better? Um, and, and I remember in our marriage, people have come up to me, you know, your God's anointed and God wants you to go here and go there and preach the gospel and do this. And I'm like, um, uh, I'm married. I have three kids. And what is it going to profit me to preach to the whole world and my kids' lives? I go all over this, this nation and, and, and if that's not my, what my husband uh, wants me to do. And because I'm married, you know, if I want to do all that, I should have did it before. And, and if it is God, we'll be in agreement. But I've seen so many times, you know, uh, people get married and they may have ministry or they feel called to this or that. And they can't nobody tell them nothing. You know, I wanna, I wanna do it my way. I wanna do it this way. So again, when I look at the church and I've always felt we've been transparent where we are, what we've gone through. Um, and I feel like anything got allowed to be public knowledge of people is to be a witness and to help people get, you know, grow and be where God wants them to be because they see our what we've gone through. But uh, just to know how to respect the, the wife, know how to respect the husband. It's just not doing, 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 doing all the time. Okay. It's not going all up, just cleaning up all the time. But it is pausing. If the kitchen dirty, he said, come sit down with me and look at the game. Sometimes your husband wants your presence. Just come sit down. 
put the broom down and just look, watch me, just sit with me while I watch the game. That's more important you washing the dishes when he said, come have a seat. You, you understand what I'm saying? And maybe y'all can discuss, okay, I'm sitting down. I got this to do. I got to have the kids. Talk about, so do you mind doing it? The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. And again, just learning these habits, learning these habits is major. And it's major in a is, The flip side of that is, and I think you would agree, when the husband decides to wash dishes too, that uh-huh. also sends the message. When the husband makes up the bed with the 29 pillows, that too sends a message. I think I've heard you saying, you know, listen, love making don't start at night. It starts early in the daytime yep. when you wash them dishes or go gas the car up or do things here. And there. those are all signals and messaging as well. Pastor Sharon, I do. I, I want to answer a couple of questions that are coming our way tonight. I'd like okay. you to make another statement. And I know it's 741, but you were in the middle of making a statement and another point. Afterwards, I want to open up for those that, that those of you that are on Facebook Live, just put your question there. If you think your question might be a little bit too you know, not appropriate for the public setting. You can, you can, I don't know, email or text or those of you that are Zoom, Zoom secured in our little chat room here. So you can put it here tonight. But I want to make sure that a couple of questions get answered before we close out tonight. Okay. I just want to say, I feel like everybody that's hearing this word, you have an opportunity to hear this word built to last. No matter where you are, you desire a husband, you desire a wife, you're married. God want to use you to be an agent of change. Yeah. God want to use you to, to be that example, to set the standard. Trust, listen, there are no shortcuts to obeying the word of God, standing on the word of God. I, I've learned the hard way and so many others. Um, um, there are no shortcuts. We have got to obey this word. And, we, and you get mentors in your life. You get people you can talk to. And you got to be able to talk it out. You got to be able to receive from someone before you get married, after you get married. Who is encouraging you? That why, husband? Who do you have to uh, talk to? You know, um, it could be your 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 father, your your, your stepdad, your brother, your uncle, a friend. But you gotta have somebody who have a sounding board, somebody who want to live right in their marriage, somebody who want to love their wife, and somebody uh, 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 and a wife that want to respect their husband. You gotta have these individuals. And again, you cannot act like you know it all. Don't do. Please remain teachable. Because we've seen the, the couples that we've admired over the years, I'm like, man, it's not, they never disagree. And when my husband and I would get together with them, you know, we may have had a disagreement. I'm like, gosh, I'm telling the wife, he is just getting on my No, you know, I'm being transparent. My husband, I don't know if you're talking about husband or not, but that's just how I've always grown. And the wife never had nothing to say. Oh, really? You know, she just listened to me. Well, many of those couples are not even married anymore. I'm feeling some kind of way to be honest and transparent. That, they're not giving them nothing. Oh, really? <laughs> they ain't married anymore. So God has taught me, be honest about where you are. You ain't got to tell it all, but be honest about where you are and let somebody help you. So I'm telling this, not to throw my husband on the bus, but help me. You've been married for a while. Okay, let's talk. You know, there's safety in the multitude of counsel. So let's talk it out and let's try to learn from each other. Because guess what? We never stop growing. We never stop learning. Amen. Are you ready for your question? Yes, sir. All right. Maybe. <laughs> this is a pretty easy one, but uh, unfortunately, I got to ask you a question come in. Can a man have two wives and still be in the Bible? No, not according to the, uh, the Bible that we read. Nope. What do you think brought that question on? Maybe it's their culture. Uh, they're non-Christians and in their culture. They can have uh, uh, what 
what is it called? Polygamy. They can have many wives. What is it? Polygamy. Polygamy. But not, not as a Christian, no. Someone can make the argument in the Old Testament, obviously there were multiple wives and someone can make the argument that there are still some areas in our world, I don't know if it'd be Asia, Africa, South America, but there are places that it was dependent not so much on the fidelity of one wife between man and wife, but on the financial status of that person, multiple wives, particularly in right. Africa. And they can seemingly do that under the Christian banner. How do you address that? Well, the Bible says this gospel shall be preached on, uh, over the whole world. Then the end's going to come. So guess what? God's going to allow them to hear the truth. <laughs> and then they're going to have to make a decision because it's not God don't give you the opportunity to have two wives. He's going to be the husband of one wife. It's in the Bible. Sure, sure. He's the husband of one wife. I mean, uh, think about it, Pastor Steve. Most men can't handle the one wife. How are you going to have multiple wives? Uh, that is true. That is very true. And Come I think on, I man. Leave that alone. Uh, yes, right. <laughs> Question number two. I believe a man, I believe a man puts his wife first in everything, but growing up, this person said his mother shared with him, um, uh, your kids coming for your spouse because you and your husband or wife could always have a divorce and you call your ex-wife and husband out, but your child will never call you an ex. So is the spouse first or second after the children? You gonna answer that, Pastor Steve? I believe this is on my heart. The spouse has to be first before the children because one Mm -hmm. of the things that your daughter is looking at is how you treat her mother. Mm -hmm. One of the things as men we need to do is set an example to our sons, how we treat his mother. And so without the wife and the husband having a solid foundation, I don't think you can have a solid relationship with your children. Now, again, we're speaking about couples who marry. If you're a single parent, obviously those are different dynamics. And I can understand where that comment might have come from, but at the end of the day, um, the greatest gift you can give your children is how you love that that, that children's uh, father or how you love that children's wife mm-hmm. because it's, it's perpetual. And, 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 and I don't know if you can, because that thought is, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna be a horrible husband, but I'm gonna be a great dad. Well, that, that, that only works after the fact, after right. the divorce, divorce. Up, boy. but while you are in a marriage, while you're mm-hmm. in that union, the greatest gift, the greatest example, the greatest anointing, particularly as people of God, who are children, is how we treat our spouses. And you can either learn that through the word of God, or you can learn that through pain. I had to learn that through pain, that no matter how many times I preached, no matter how many private jets we were on, no matter how many uh, great opportunities and houses and cars and boats and the like, the greatest thing I give my children is not a, a PlayStation, it's not a new car, it's not nice clothes, it's how did I treat their mother? And, and, and that being said, and we'll talk about this Sunday, um, I'm reading a book, by the way, it's over on my nightstand, but it, it, it talks about the power of Rosh Hashanah. It's a Jewish holiday, and it talks about the Yom Kippur. Somewhere in that holiday, it's a time of introspection. It is a time of repentance, and it's also time to say, I'm sorry. And one of the greatest things that we can ever do in this world, on this side of Jordan, is to be able to say, I'm sorry. Yes. To be able to say, I was wrong. And it looks good because one of the things in Judaism they, they don't believe in saying I'm sorry to God without saying I'm sorry to the person. Exactly. In, in church, we have a religiousness about it that says we can cry here and hold repent to God, but we ain't about to say nothing to that person. But it didn't work that way in their culture. And so, you know, one of the toughest things was for me to sit with my kids 
and, and say, dad was wrong. I'm sorry how I treated your mom or what I said or what you heard or whatever it might have been. But years later, I pray that it has garnered a respect and, and an appreciation now that I may not have had then. So to answer that question in short, your God is first, period. But your spouse has to be second and then children and then everything else comes in, in, in pecking order after that. Pastor Sharon? And then to add to that, Pastor Stevens, think about when people become empty nesters, when the kids leave the house. A lot of times people don't know each other. The wife has gotten so consumed with the kids and they've gotten so busy taking care of the kids, they don't know each other. And so, of course, the priority is um, yeah, your God, your husband, and your wife, then the kids. Because when they leave, and they're going to leave, the natural order of things, you want them to leave. Um, unless a COVID happened, they have to come back home for a minute. But you got you want to know that spouse and you want to have a relationship with that spouse um, so you can keep building on your marriage after the kids leave. So it's very necessary to uh, spend time with your husband, let the kids know, okay, I'll get with you later, um, but I got to spend time with, with, with dad. So, but a lot of, but we see so many people, they prioritize their kids uh, over their husband and that's they just do. not God's order. Yeah, we've seen that over the years. We've seen situations where the son was nine, 10, 12 years old, still laying in the bed with mom and dad every night. And we understand nine weeks old, and, and maybe nine months old, but there's no reason in the world why a nine-year-old young boy should be laying in the bed with mom and daddy every night. Not some every night. night. That's how I fall asleep with a lullaby and let's say, let's say prayer. We're talking about all three of them in the bed. Two or three, I don't care. Two, one, two, three years old. They should be in the bed with parents like that because how are they going to learn to be by themselves? You got to create habits so the child can learn independence and it starts at that moment. But yeah. can I tell you this? We, we're so ingrained, even in the church, we let the world uh, a system come in the church and what the psychiatrist or whoever says, okay, it's not okay. Um, and that's why, unless we follow the order of the word of God, that's our foundation, like we start out, it's not going to last. And that's why people get divorced. They leave each other because you priority and let that child in that bed. When husband, Can you get in his room? I want to spend time with you in the baby in the bed. Are you kidding me? For years. Yeah. And you wonder how he stepped outside the marriage. Come on. Now. Years okay. ago, uh, we're going to we're going to answer one more question. But years ago, when we taught men at the church, we talked about being the prophet, the priest, protector, and the provider. One of the things we encouraged men to look for in a wife was, was she adaptable? Right. Uh, you know, because there's a difference between being accessible and available. You may be accessible, but not always available. How many divorces have we seen? How many yes. moments have we seen where the wife is so caught up, not only in her business, or on her job, she never made time for the man. And, you know, while she's working overtime or making the money, somebody else was, was, was flirting and, and talking and winking and blinking. Well, same thing for the kids. And think about the think about the the influence and the push, like you said, psychologists, psychiatrists, all of mm -hmm. these quote unquote liberal pro parenting. Now we putting kids before the husband. We putting yep. kids before the wife. So what do we heard before, Pastor Sharon? Oh yeah, he may be dad of the year in front of y'all, but the man is horrible at home. Right. And now you got mom who's a soccer player mom. She's the taxi cab driver. She missed PTA and she's doing everything for the kids, but has no time for the husband. Exactly. And that goes both ways. And so with that being said, one of the things I've always appreciated about you, you've been so adaptable, whether it was traveling, whether it was sports, whether it was kids, you knew that, you know, well, hey, at the end of the day, we, we got three awesome kids, but, you know, Mike needs me. 
and, and, and not the kids at this point. And so we've always had those moments. And I encourage all of you all, yeah, I love you kids. Spend time with the but kids. But Pastor Steve, can I interject this though? But can I interject this though? Because you got me when you said you're so busy. You get so caught up in doing things. I've always been so busy at times. I feel like I've, like, I just couldn't sit still. I think I get, get that from Ella Mae. She probably listening. But just so busy, um, like when you would travel and come back, I mean, I'll be busy, of course, taking care of the kids, but just, I'll just be always doing stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. One one last question. We'll have to close at 7.53. Um, I want to go back and, and, and just remind individuals, when we talked about the question, I know that seemed like a very outrageous question, but you have to realize there are still po- pockets of culture, people in Christendom yes. who believe that Multiple they can have more than one wife. Mm-hmm. And so I love the comment. Someone said that's man's law, not God's law, which is true. Unfortunately, we have some Christian quote unquote brothers and sisters around the world who still look at that and can justify a biblical point of view. Now, I don't believe in that. My wife didn't believe in that. We don't teach that. I believe that we are under the dispensation of the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the word of God. And it does not advocate multiple wives or multiple husbands. But uh, should you find yourself traveling to a foreign country and you are in a Holy Ghost Pentecostal Christian community and someone has wives more than one because of their income status, don't be shocked and surprised. I believe that man should have one wife, woman should have one husband and the rest is history. Uh, one last question before we close out tonight. And this question comes from, how do you affair-proof your marriage? How do you affair-proof? In other words, this question is, how do you be preventive before a possible act of infidelity and failure? You want me to answer that, Pastor Steve? You, uh, you're the Christian counselor. Um. And I'm working on a book relating to that. So just pray for him. I am working on a book um, relating that like before, be prevented. You hear words like this word, you you not only hearing it, be a hearer of the word, but doers. Um, reading the word of God, scriptures that you, you're hearing, reading books like Love and Respect, reading books like The Seven Habits That Make Marriage Work, resources that you get, not only hearing them, but applying them to your life. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it for granted. You know, the, the things that you feel you know, but that's how you, you're prevented. And, I, and I'm grateful. And I used to brag about this. I'm like, you know, me and my husband been so transparent over the years. You know, um, I said, we've helped a lot of couples that have gotten married at our church be strong and last because of our transparency. I said, Lord, so he, he just took it to a whole nother level with us, you know, as far as what he want people to know and what he want people to see in our marriage and just how you stand. But Take the word of God. Take heed to what you're hearing. Take heed to the warning. Do not take what you hear lightly. Are you hearing?